Hi, I'm Melanie. And I'm Malia. And you're listening to the White Dress Optional Podcast by Brilliant Bridal. Life before, during, and after your wedding is full of options, and we are here to help. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. We are back today with the second half of our Enneagram series on Enneagram in your marriage, Enneagram in your relationship, how to discover a little bit more about you and a little bit more about your partner and what you need and what they need and how the Enneagram can be a really helpful resource in that in your marriage. So if you missed it, last week we covered numbers one through four um, with a little bit of like a primer on the Enneagram itself. And today we're going to be moving forward with numbers five through nine. So if you missed last week, go back and listen if you or your partner fall into any of those numbers. And we're just going to hit the road running today. Uh, We're going to start talking about Enneagram fives and what they need and how we can help them as partners. Yeah. And and how can we love on these numbers in the best way possible by either understanding ourselves better and being able then to articulate what you need, but then also understanding your partner. So let's jump in with Enneagram fives. Enneagram fives often feel like they don't have enough resources, whether it is their energy or finances or time, they never feel like they have enough. Um, So one of the things you can do is ask if you can help with any of their needs. Um, They're not great at saying what they need. So like, what can I help you with? What can I take off your plate that you feel like you don't have enough resources for? Um, And the big thing for an Enneagram 5 is they need a lot of time to recharge. So if they do a lot of social activities, they're going to need a lot of downtime. So understanding that about yourself or your partner, um, if you guys have a really full packed day, make sure that the next day you're not overbooked or you're overscheduled. So they have time to recharge. They have time to feel like they have enough resources to do the next thing. Um, The other flip side of that is an Enneagram 5 can kind of get stuck um, not doing anything. Like, I don't have enough resources. I can't do anything. I'm going to stay here. So you want to encourage them to like, no, you can go. It's going to be better than you think. Come with me. Encouraging them to be social or to go do activities um, and say like, hey, let's have like a hard stop. Like, Mm. we're going to leave at nine o'clock. That gives them like in their mind the ability to be like, I know how, how much energy I have to put out for the next however many hours, and then I know I get to stop. So those boundaries are going to be really helpful um, in your communication with each other. Yeah, I think those types of boundaries are, especially for five, but like just in general, it is really helpful. Like, um, you know, my uh, my husband and I, he is like a night owl and I am a not early morning early bird. Mm-hmm. No. Huh. So sometimes we even and neither of us are fives, but sometimes we get into a situation like that or, you know, something and, and just communicating about that, having those types of boundaries saying like, hey, we can go do this thing, but here's my like hard stop. We're out of there, you know. Um, yeah, just always over communication. Super helpful. 
So good. Okay, Enneagram 6. They are looking for security and safety. They want to know that you're not going to abandon them or leave them. Um, So a big thing for an Enneagram 6 is reminding them often of your commitment to them. So I'm married to an Enneagram 6. So just reminding Clark, like, hey, just you know, I love you so much and I'm never going anywhere. Like, um, there are times that he's like, you're going to leave me, aren't you? You're going on a work (laughs) trip. You're going to find something else. Like, he says this all the time. Like, where are you going? Are you going to, like, you're going to, you're leaving. And I was like, I work with all women. Like I feel really secure in our relationship and like, I'm not going anywhere that I'm going to meet somebody else. Um, so we have those conversations and there's like a bit of humor in it, but there is like that six needs that like loyalty and that that commitment to you where it's like, you may not need to hear like, I love you. I'm never leaving you. Like you may not need that, but they do. Um, so make sure that you're doing that. Uh, the other thing about uh, six is um, they won't feel a part of what you're doing and you need to feel a part of what they're doing. Like that feels very loving to them when you're like invested in whatever they're doing. So whatever projects they're working on or whatever work they do um, outside the home to really be in, in interested mm. in what they're doing and they want to be a part of what you're doing too. Like that's going to be really important to them. There are definitely other numbers that are like, we don't talk about work. Mm-hmm. We don't, uh, you don't care what I do. I don't care what you do. We just like work and we get our paycheck or whatever. But for a six, like they want to, to that involvement. Um, other thing about a six is they're spiral thinkers. Mm-hmm. So they will hear something spiral down the road to the worst possible thing and then they come back, um, but making sure not to like stop that process for them. Like they need to go all the way down, know mentally what they would do and come back. Um, for example, like our daughter had like a bump on her ear at one point and Clark was like, oh my gosh, there's a bump on her ear. We may have to take her to the doctor all the way to, it's definitely a tumor <laughs> back to, I think it's just a bump. Let's check it tomorrow. It's probably a bug bite. You know, like we have to go all the way down that road and back. And so I just like sit back. I'm not going to like jump in in the middle and be like, what are you talking about? She doesn't have a tumor. Like it's in her, it's like on her ear. She's fine. You know, like it's probably a bug bite. She probably hit it on something. I don't know. It's a kid. Like kids do weird things. Like can we check it tomorrow? Like I'm sure it's fine. But like they need that time to like process how they're going to deal with it, what they should do, where they should go. And then they can come back and be like, okay, yeah, I'm good now. I'm settled. So giving them that time is going to be really important. Well, and I'm sure completing that process, like you said, not interrupting it, helps them feel a sense of safety and control of the situation, right? Which is going to put them in a, in a much better headspace, you know, as a human to feel like, okay, I've explored all the terrible options here. This is what it could be. And now I'm coming back up to the surface and maybe it's not that bad, but I've explored all those things. And now I feel safe and a sense of control of the situation. Totally. And and that's going to be vital for an Enneagram six. All right. Enneagram sevens. Um, big thing for an Enneagram seven is they don't want to feel trapped. They don't want to feel tied down by anything and they don't want to deal with really difficult emotions. So a lot of an Enneagram seven is going to need a lot of freedom to do fun things, to get to be who they are and not feel trapped by this relationship. Um, but also reminding them like, by me telling you, I need you to stay home tonight and hang out with me and not go do the thing 
is not that I'm trying to make you feel trapped or controlled. Like this is to help you recharge and to help our relationship. Um, because that's what I need. I need you to be here. Um, I don't want to go do that fun thing or that crazy thing that like a seven is like always looking for the next best thing and the next great thing. Um, that may not be you. Um, so how can you communicate about those things but then also make sure you're letting them go. Like let them go do the fun trip or the fun activity. Like let them be in a league, whether it's volleyball or pickleball or whatever is the next fun thing. Like let them go do those things so that way they can come back because they've gotten to do these fun adventures. Enneagram sevens are so fun. Um, but then they also have a hard time talking about their emotions. So make sure that you are a safe place when they do need to process those emotions, when they are ready to do that, um, and, and really validate those feelings because feelings are really hard for a seven. I think that's a great point about the, you know, making space for them to go. I think especially once there's kids in the relationship, if that's a direction that your relationship is heading, because once you throw kids into the mix, there's just a lot more responsibility. There's a lot less time in general to go do fun things. And so knowing that they are going to continue to need that, even if it's probably in small ways that make them feel like they still get to get out and have fun. Maybe sometimes when the, if you, if you have older kids or maybe it's with the kid, like go, you know, take the, your kid out and do something fun together. But, um, knowing that that is going to be, um, uh, a really like high priority for them. I think, especially once you have kids. Yeah. And I think you can get into, you know, a rut of trying to stay home and not doing fun things, right. especially with little kids, but being like, Hey, yeah. for the next two hours, go do whatever you need to do and have fun. And they're going to come back and they're going to be a better partner and a better right. spouse and a better parent because we've given them that freedom. So make sure your Enneagram sevens get that time they need. Yep. And participate in it. Like, go have fun. Go with them. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be a good time. Whatever they're doing, it's going to be so fun. Um, so join right. them in it. Okay, let's talk about Enneagram 8s. The big thing for an 8 is they don't want to be controlled, but they also want mm. your strength. So an 8 needs you to be so direct. Um, an 8 will have a really hard time if you're not honest, direct, or truthful with them. So make sure that you are really upfront, honest, and a direct, they don't have, um, issues with, um, criticism in, in ways that like a, an Enneagram one would. Um, so mm -hmm. it, or even a two does, but like, so they can hear the tough thing and be like, okay, and move on. Um, it, they don't need you to beat around the bush. Um, but they also need you to recognize when they are being so tender and so caring and so justice oriented, like they are that good, caring person. And so to recognize that in them um, and being a safe place so they can open up more so that they can allow themselves to be that more tender, caring side. Um, in health, they go to that tender, sweet, kind side of a two. And so really encouraging them that. And if you are a safe place, like truth and trustworthiness is so important to an eight. So if you are that safe place, they can be vulnerable with you there. So make sure that you're giving space for that for an eight. That's good. All right. Enneagram nines, last one on the list. Um, you want to remind a nine that you are needed here, that you are wanted mm -hmm. here. Um, they can often feel like their presence doesn't matter. Um, they want to bring peace and harmony and will like align with other people or merge to other people to make that happen. Mm -hmm. But who you are is important. 
and your opinions matter. Um, mm-hmm. They understand people so well that sometimes they will look like other people instead of looking like mm-hmm. themselves. So encouraging you to be who you are and to speak up for what you want and like letting them know it's okay that you have an opinion. It's okay that you have this desire and they won't for all things, but when they do to really lean into it and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, we can make that happen or we can do that thing. Or I'm so glad you told me that's important. Like you really want to lean into whenever they do give an opinion because they often won't, they will often just merge to what you want. Um, so making sure that they feel like they are their own person and that they do matter and that you are needed in this relationship. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay. We finished the, the final five numbers that we did today. What is like, what is kind of, are there any overall themes here? Any sort of like, you know, final words to like kind of wrap this all together? Yeah. I think as we've been doing this idea of self-discovery and how that relates to your marriage is this idea of being curious. Like, can you be Mm. so curious about yourself? Like, why did I just react that way? And like, whether it's journaling it or keeping note of it, like even on your phone and being like, okay, in this situation, I react this way. I wonder why. Um, and starting to get to know yourself better in that way. And then also seeing those patterns in your partner. How does my partner right. react in this situation? Like, oh, my partner, every time we go to this place, they get really upset or the next day they have a hard time. I feel like I do this with my children as well, right? Like <laughs> we did so much yesterday and now my kids are so grumpy today. Why are they so cranky? Right. Well, we did too much yesterday. They're overstimulated. They're tired it's true of adults. Like, I don't know why we assume this is only true of children, but it's true of adults. Like, um, I get hangry. I just do like I, I, and especially when I was pregnant. And so Clark knew well enough that like, if we were on our way to a family dinner and I was pregnant, he would pack snacks in the car and have me eat on the way. Because if, if dinner like took too long or there was a wait, like he knew I would just like implode. And like, so it's like knowing these things. I know it's so ridiculous as a grown adult that I need snacks, but I need snacks. So, um, (laughs) making sure that I have enough snacks that I can like not ruin our day or our moment because I just got hungry. And like, I think a lot of those things can be like, why are you moody? Why, like, what did I say? Or you could take it personally. And it was like, it wasn't personal. I just needed a snack. So can you know that about yourself and be so curious? I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, and we brought this up a few times, is like being open to have these conversations. I think one of the things I've really learned in my own self-discovery and therapy and other things is our, my parents' generation, they did not talk about things. There are things that were off limits that you did not talk about. And I found like, if we are just more direct, I mean, this is like, if this isn't a plug for the book, Radical Candor, I don't know what is, but it's like, (laughs) how can you tell people what you need? Like, if you know yourself well enough, I know what I need. And then ask for that and have those conversations with your partner and be like, oh, I didn't know that that's how you felt. Or I didn't know that that's how you reacted. All of those things are going to be so important. So that way you can have 
healthier communication and that there isn't a topic we can't talk about or we're going to sweep it under the rug. It's going to come up later, whether it's like a couple weeks later or years later, like I'm still bothered by this thing. Wait, from years ago, like that's not helpful and it's not fair to your partner. So I think communication is so huge. So for me, it's curiosity and communication are really going to be huge catalysts in like making sure you have a really fantastic marriage. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I feel like curiosity is like very underrated. It it's so much more helpful, I think, than than we give big credit for because you can ask a lot of questions without assumptions or without shame or and I think maybe that's one thing I would say too is if if you're kind of engaging in some of this work and you know, maybe you're already married or maybe maybe you're on the, you know, you're wedding planning process and you're engaged um, and really wanting to invest in your relationship in some of these ways, there isn't anything about your number or your personality or your type that is wrong. None of this is wrong. Um, For me, I think, especially with the ones in our inner critic, we can think, oh, well, this thing about me is wrong and I need to fix it. Well, no, it's not. If you're a four and you are, have all the feels and all, all the creativity and they're super unique. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That is just how you were made. It is how you are wired and learning how to, to lean into that in healthy ways, I think is really helpful rather than thinking, oh, there's something here that needs fixed because it's wrong. Um, so I just want to encourage people with that. Like, don't, if you start to go down some of these paths of self-discovery, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, the way that you were wired is the way that you were wired and, and there might be healthier or unhealthier ways to lean into some of those traits. Um, but none of it is wrong. No. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think each of these Enneagram numbers has their superpower. Like all of these things that are within you can be used for such good. Like, yeah, all of them are so good and so necessary. Like we need all of the numbers. And and I think like you probably do have a little bit of all these numbers in you, you know, like, so yeah. lean into those things that are your gifting and like, how can I give back to the world with who I am? Like truly, authentically, exactly who I am. So I think that's great. Awesome. Well, we, once again, we hope you've really enjoyed this. We hope this has been really helpful. We hope it's been encouraging. We hope this can spur some good conversations between you and your partner, you and your friends and family. Um, There's so much Enneagram content out there. If this is just kind of what your appetite and you're looking for more, um, again, I think we mentioned the Enneagraminstitute.com. They're a really great resource. The Road Back to You is a really great book resource. There's tons of Instagram accounts. I'm sure there's tons of TikToks. I'm too old to be on TikTok. That meme that goes around that's like, I don't watch TikTok. I watch TikTok on Instagram like an adult. Like, you know. Two weeks so, later. I'm sure it's on TikTok. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so find more of this content if this is helpful for you. We'll be back with some more Enneagram content as well, talking a, a little bit about how um, the Enneagram might impact you if you are on the part of your wedding planning journey where you're shopping for a dress. Because let me tell you, between you and your mom and your party and whoever's coming with you to shop for the dress. There's a whole lot going on there. So we're going to dive into that and we will be back next week, next Wednesday with a new episode. We'll see you then. See you later.
for listening to the White Dress Optional Podcast. We will be here every Wednesday. Remember, you can follow us everywhere on social at Brilliant Bridal. You can also email us at podcast at brilliantbridal.com. And as always, we would love it if you would leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, 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 o